Hello, everyone. Welcome to the No Semi Legal Self. We always try to be useful to in house lawyers, both uh, to show them what's possible, uh, give practical skills, provide advice, and generally talk about things that they care about. Today, I have a very special guest. She is a freelance paralegal. Um, and, uh, you know, in the age of a lot of freelancing and the gig economy, working from anywhere, um, that's a very useful tool to be able to uh, run a legal department, uh, especially if you have um, a, a big project or if you have uh, sort of special needs or perhaps you're doing something on a budget and uh, need to have discrete projects done. So I've always been curious how to effectively work with one and how to constructively think about it. And uh, today I have a guest who can talk and teach us how to do this better. So hi, Berlinda, please introduce yourself. <laughs> hi, Olga, thank you for having me on your show. Um, hi everyone, my name is Berlinda Bernard. I am a paralegal, I'm a freelance paralegal, um, and I own Quintessential Pillar Paralegal Consulting LLC, where I provide um, freelance paralegal services to attorneys. Um, and I do say who are looking to work smarter with paralegals and their team. I also coach paralegals to help them raise the bar, to help them also work smarter um, by providing the highest level um, legal support to their attorneys. I have lots of questions because um, I do think like managing anyone, especially freelance, especially with freelance paralegal or anything really requires skills and practice and i want to sort of get your best tips and tricks so we can all collectively do this better um but before we get there tell us how you got where you are how how, how does one become a freelance uh, paralegal how did how, what was your scenic route to where you are today after graduating from an ab approved paralegal studies program in long island new york and so i started working as a full-time paralegal in a law firm that where I was mostly focusing on Chapter 11 bankruptcy um, work. And so while while working there, it, it was interested me to get my bachelor's in business management, figuring that it would only make sense to combine the two. My paralegal um, background and a business degree would work really well, especially um, what I was doing. Um, so I spent four years there, um, you know, again, mostly focusing on the Chapter 11 bankruptcy work, some Chapter 7s, but um, I really got a lot of my experience doing more the Chapter 11. And then I moved up to Massachusetts around 2013, and I've worked in various um, law practice areas and also various legal settings. So I um, was I had the opportunity to go in-house where I got my you know specific in-house um, paralegal experience where I'm able to understand how um, the paralegal work in-house and how we work with the attorneys and who we represent. Obviously, in-house, you pretty much have one um, um, one client, which is the company who you actually work for. So um, all along, I um, I continue to, um, with my uh, continuing legal education, you know, whether it's self, uh, self-regulated pretty much, and, you know, continue to network, join paralegal associations. So I'm always learning and I'm always like on top of my technology skills and all of that, you know, allow me to today be able to start um, my own business, uh, which I, I mentioned earlier, Quintessential Pillar Paralegal Consulting LLC. Um, having that background and experience gave me the confidence to be able to assist attorneys on my own, um, obviously still under their supervision to do the work that they need done um, to, you know, to help them move along a legal matter. So it, it's been, you know, quite a journey. <laughs> 
Really cool. Um, and I love your experience both in the law firm and in-house, uh, uh, those sort of complementary experiences, and I'm sure make you a much more rounded paralegal. Uh, what are the benefits for in-house lawyer to have paralegal? You know, what are the ways they can be utilized? What can you, what have you seen work best? When I uh, work in-house in a smaller law department where I was actually hired to um, kind of replace someone who was in a compliance role. So the person was doing hybrid compliance in paralegal role where there was only, um, there was not, it was not a big legal department, honestly. I could say there was only one um, attorney who's handling all of, um, all of the all of the matters, working with this, um, you know, other um, uh, support person. And so, as the paralegal in house, I'm doing the legal research, um, the preliminary legal research, where when the company gets hit with a lawsuit, a complaint. I get to do that legal research in packaging it up and send it to the general counsel for review. Um, whether it's drafting a preliminary res like a, a response to a complaint, um, I get to do that um, with them. And of course, when it gets out of hand, not too much out of hand, then you start working with outside counsel, you know, just being that intermediary, you know, that liaison, um, just, you know, making sure like whatever has to be done in-house is, is done in-house. So it definitely saves them a lot of time, a lot of effort where they could focus on the bigger stuff that a lawyer must focus on. And a paralegal could focus on the other like work that not necessarily needs to be done by a lawyer. So that was, you know, that has been a great experience. Specifically, Berlinda, um, I want to talk about freelance paralegal mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, there's certainly no shortage of work in the in-house department that could be outsourced. Um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, there, there's quite a lot of work. Um, and, you know, especially when you run um, a very agile uh, and, um, and, and very lean legal department, you find opportunity to give work away um, to, to all kinds of people. Uh, some of them may or may not report to you. Um, tell me how freelance paralegal you think could be helpful to either big or small legal department well, okay, so it's similar, obviously, like if you have to assign matters to an outside counsel, obviously, freelance paralegals are not in no shape or way replacing any attorneys, not that at all. It's similar to using a vendor for something that you probably want to outsource. It's a similar concept. So um, first is building that partnership with that freelance paralegal. So if you do have a matter, let's say maybe you are, I'm going to speak to the, um, you know, maybe labor and employment matter. Like you always have those, you know, because you have employees, obviously, and you you always seem to have certain things that keeps coming up. Having a freelance paralegal to take on whatever, maybe it's some research, maybe it's a new law that's coming, um, that's gonna you know be coming up. It's gonna affect your, um, you know, that your your, your company or your employees or how you manage, um, or maybe it's wages or whatever's coming up. Maybe you, you could have that package up and send it to a freelance paralegal. Like you know, in my company, um, will you know stay on top of that and and you know have that relationship. You know, I call it partnership. Really, so that it's not when you have um, when you have a fire drill, you always like running. You're like, oh my gosh, who's gonna handle this? But knowing that you have that, you know, that person, that you know, that that partnership with someone um, like a freelance paralegal, they could take away some of that work. When you're running a legal department, you know, I, I tended to think about sort of budgets and resources. Mm -hmm. And I understand, you know, with, with all legal services that I was procuring, there's sort of a range of how much things may cost. If, uh, if you were sort of a legal leader planning on, say, working as a freelance paralegal, 
how would you recommend thinking sort of the budgets, the costs, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, and uh, what, what, what is that planning uh, should look like to, to make sure that you effectively partner up? Okay, so when um, so I, this is how it goes because so it, it was nice that I had a chance to um, do some budgeting work um, in my in one of my roles. So when a paralegal is working for maybe a big law firm, just think of a big law firm, they're billing out their paralegals at a pretty high rate. Some of them are up to two hundred dollars an hour for a paralegal. Oh, uh, we know, we know it. <laughs> I am well aware of the markup there. so that's that i mean again i'm not trying to like take away anyone's job but it's just the fact that there's options you know you're looking at you know and that's why i keep saying like small business maybe a a, a smaller company because we know budget could be could be a factor so instead um you know so so maybe you have like that preliminary research to do before you get on the phone with that big law or maybe it's not big law most attorneys even like those small firms are probably billing at 300 400 500 dollars an hour um, but before you even get on the phone or have that conversation, wh- but have something in front of you. So maybe you need things that does not necessarily need to go out, but it could be handled in-house, um, having that paralegal. So um, um, most of us, um, freelance paralegals, most of us do have our fees um, out there. So for legal research, for example, I charge $50 an hour. Whereas in another place, when when all that needs to be done um, by officially getting um, you know into a law firm to do that for that in-house counsel, it's going to be much higher than that. Or maybe there's just stuff that you can handle in-house. It's just the idea that you don't need to go out yet, but you still need that person. But you're not ready to hire a full-time paralegal. And that's the idea. Is that, um, well, because I've been in that role where, honestly, I left a role um, as a full-time paralegal because I said, you don't have enough work for me to do. Maybe it was because I was too ambitious. I don't know. But there was not enough work for me to do. But when there was work, there was work. But when there wasn't much, I was kind of like, you know, doing things that just kind of, you know, doing work that wasn't quite the work I really wanted to do as a paralegal. So I think it's really the solution when you're thinking, well, I just need like 10 hours of someone's time. Um, Me thinking as an attorney, of course, like, I don't need like a full-time 40 hour, but I just need like 10 hours a week or I have a big project coming up, uh, you know, or, or maybe you're about to have some type of um, a, a, a big event that's going to affect your company and you need that legal research done. That's when you want to call, call in the freelance paralegal. You mentioned a couple of times sort of the cause, things that maybe no one wants to do or can do. Uh, but there is this thing where you, if you work with the right professionals or use the right tool, you actually work smarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're actually more effective. You get to answers faster. Uh, you uh, don't take the scenic route, although sometimes it's fun to do that. Um, for in-house lawyers specifically, if you want to work smarter and you're looking at freelance paralegals as a way to get there, what is one or two tips that you recommend? Um, okay, definitely work with someone that has all their resources available to them. Like maybe, um, so for example, like, okay, what are they using to, if I'm talking about, um, like, you know, you know, I know like we are short, like with time and everybody wants everything fast. It's like, are we going to have issues with like transmitting documents in a secure way with each other? So what am I working with? What are my systems that are in place? So those are the things that, you know, I know people are like, oh, that's not a big deal. Yes, it is. Because I've seen it where when you have to like, um, like transmit documents to someone um, securely that, you you know, you might end up like time goes by and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know if this went through or 
whatever. So make sure like the person you're working with at least have the right system in place, the right software in place. Because if I'm pulling like say 50 state surveys or whatever, I want to make you want to make sure I'm getting it from the right source that I'm not just like Googling it around and just like giving you whatever I find, but that it's come from a reputable source. So as I, you know, as a business, I do make sure like I have like the right tools, you know, yeah, it might, it's costly to me, but it's because I want to make sure my attorneys get, you know, the most, you know, the best quality results that um, I may, you know, that they're looking for. So I think it's important that, you know, um, you know, the amount of experience, I believe a well-rounded paralegal experience is necessary when you want to work smarter so that you're not holding hands. Because let's face it, if you, you know, go think of any vendor you go to, you expect them to know their stuff. You know, you'll tell them what you want, but you do expect them to know their stuff. So even though paralegals are not independently like making like legal decisions, that's not what you need them to do. But you do need to make sure they have the education, the skills and the training. I love your posts. Uh, they're very genuine and useful. Um, I follow you on LinkedIn. Um, and I really love that pandemic has allowed us to kind of connect. You know, you and I are on the opposite parts of the United States, probably may or may not have ever met in life. But, you know, during the pandemic, because both of us have been active, I've been able to connect and have, you know, conversations and including this conversation. I'm really grateful for that. In many of your posts, you talk about uh, helping paralegals raise uh, the bar. Um, what do you mean by that and why it's important? Okay. <laughs> so I truly mean that in a sense where, because I've worked with lots of different paralegals in my career. And the entry to becoming a paralegal is very flexible. And I do post about that too. And because of that flexibility, you will have different types of paralegals. You have a paralegal who went to a paralegal studies program. You have a paralegal who might have not received any formal paralegal education, but kind of like grew up through the ranks by, you know, becoming a secretary, a legal assistant. There's like so many ways to become a paralegal. Um, you have paralegals that are certified paralegals. There's so many different titles out there. But um, by raising the bar, I encourage paralegals to stay on top of their education. I mean, because when one paralegal does something, sometimes because it's like the fact like, you know, that term non-lawyer, people are still not sure what we do, who we are, like how effective we are. I do want paralegals to have kind of um, a uniform, like some type of uniformity. And raising the bar is saying, I want, I want, I want my, <laughs> I want to coach paralegals to, um, you know, if you don't have their education, do get their education. If you want to get certification so you can stand out, do get it. If you want to just attend CLEs, do do them. Improve your technology skills. Don't don't um don't stay where you are and complain that you don't like working with this person, this lawyer, or lawyers in general. But to kind of like raise the standards. And that's really like the goal is like to raise the standards because I believe that paralegals can do so much more. And, um, you know, we need to let like, you know, the attorneys that we work with and also the public understand that. Yeah. Leveling up your skill is a thing. Um, definitely something useful to do in any profession, especially mm -hmm. in a profession where that has so many paths to, to get to it. And then I think that's sort of the beauty of, 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 of paralegals. I, I've worked with so many throughout my career and, and they will all have this unique background. And because of their uniqueness, they brought something unique to the table. So I kind of always approach them as unique, special gems um, and uh, that I can sort of leverage in my work to, um, to, to in a very unique way. But that also means that folks have different experiences and backgrounds and, 
you know, um, really need to make sure that they're qualified to do their job and properly trained and keep up leveling their skills. So, um, you know, to some extent, it's up to a lawyer to, to, to ask those questions. And thank you for pointing out. But to some extent, it's also up to a paralegal to actually keeping track of what, you know, where they need to be. Are they progressing through their careers, through their skills, through their knowledge? Um, you know, I guess I wanted to ask, you know, you work at a law firm, you worked at, a, at an in-house department, you have a lot of, clearly a lot of passion uh, for the, for this job. How, how did you get up in the morning and decide to be, like, what was the reason you decided to be a freelance paralegal? Okay. Um, so, okay. So I, well, it was like this year that I, I, I decided I'm going <laughs> to, I guess it has been a pivotal year for many of us. <laughs> so exactly. So it was like early this year, honestly, like, okay. So to be transparent, I do have, um, you know, I do have two little ones. I have a four-year-old who'll be like five next month and a two-year-old. And so I really always like, well, you know, uh, wanted to be able to be more flexible like in you know um, with my work and because it's like they're getting to that age well they've always been at that age obviously where they need my 100 attention but i wanted to have more flexibility and so that's one thing to have more control over my career and i also wanted to be able to do the things i enjoy doing the most so combining everything and not having to really like compromise too much um was kind of like one of the things that drove me as well and knowing that um, I had the experience to assist attorneys at a higher level. I thought, well, I'm going to focus on, on on my business and be able to do that. And I could, you know, I could pretty much guide my own way. And um, so, like, so it's between like work life balance. That's one. And then my interest in 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 the you know in the legal field and focusing on the areas that I enjoy the most. So when I say I do legal research, writing, litigation support, and doing the client intake stuff. It's the stuff that I enjoy doing as a paralegal and the labor and employment law is are like, you know, areas of law that I enjoy. So it's a bunch of stuff, but it comes down to that autonomy and flexibility. Really cool. I just I, I, I love it how you were very clear about what makes you happy today, given where you are and your family is and found that intersection. I really admire people who are able to take that proactive career. There is no such a thing as a perfect job or a perfect career. Um, and our needs and who we are change over time. What's perfect for Olga today may not be perfect for Olga tomorrow. And certainly what's perfect for Olga today has not been perfect yesterday. Um, and I love when people constantly ask that questions and changing. Instead of sort of blaming the pants of being a little too short, you sort of look at your old pants and you say, they did a good job. I, I would grown them. Let's get a new pair. Um, I really like when people approach their career this way. It's, it's very inspiring. But coming to the end, I'm about to sort of ask you a couple last questions. One is that, curious, I asked that question to quite a few people. What, what do you think is your superpower? Oh, okay. That is one of my favorite questions. <laughs> I'm going to say this, and, it's, and I'm going to say, I think by being a paralegal, I think it has been a superpower in general. And I will just give you a reason why. A lot of things I have to do in life, even like, like not necessarily having to do with my work as a paralegal, like all the things I've learned and my skills and everything that has made me a really great paralegal has also helped me in regular lifestyle. <laughs> so between like, say I have to like buy a house, which I think I posted something about 
my process took me 30 days. And it's all because I was a para, I am a paralegal and that helped me to navigate like whatever I had to do. And folks were like, you are the easiest client we ever had because I didn't tell them why, but um, it just so happened things would, I knew exactly how to be organized and everything like that. Um, you know, other life events I had to plan it took less time than most people would because I was efficient, I was proactive, I knew how to follow up with people. So it was kind of like, to me, I think being a paralegal in general is a superpower, I know. <laughs> Look, you don't have to kind of convince me twice that paralegals are superhuman. Um, I, I, I can tell you that uh, my success and success of many attorneys rests on the shoulders of very competent paralegals. Um, I, I've done all kinds of things from litigation to corporate work to uh, being in house and law firms and every single step of the way there has been a supportive superhero paralegal. So I am with you um, that you don't have to sell me twice on that. Um, we're coming to the end. Would love for you to give parting sort of advice, especially to in-house lawyers. Uh, what is one or two or three things that they should consider for partnering up with a freelance paralegal uh, so that they can be effective? Sure. So um, I definitely encourage like in-house counsel to, to consider working with freelance paralegals, especially if it's a small law department or even a large one. If you have like projects coming up that kind of like exceed like the bandwidth of your current um, team um, and, and, you know, and do so um, earlier than later, because it's kind of like trying to like get somebody on board. It's, it's going to take a, a while sometimes. So maybe uh, establishing that relationship at first with them, definitely consider working with them on stuff that are more project-based, that um, you know maybe you, you're going to need them, maybe not immediately, that's one way to look at it. Um, and it's definitely gonna save you time and definitely save you, you know, that um, stress of you know, waiting forever for something to get done, but you know that this is a resource available to you on a contract basis, saving you time and also saving you money. Really cool. Berlinda, thank you so much for joining. I, this was really useful. I love your energy. Speaking of your superpower, uh, your energy is definitely up there. So I love people with high energy. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you for sharing your tips and insights on your journey. I, I really had a ton of fun talking to you. Oh, you too, Olga. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Um, as you know, we I try to serve the in-house community. Uh, and provide useful tips and tricks, especially in this digital transformation journey and during the pandemic that many of us are trying to sort of figure out how to be more effective remotely. Um, if you have suggestions for future speakers, definitely let me know. Uh, folks who join me on the show have been suggested by you um, and things that you want to talk about and things that you want to hear about. You can nominate yourself as a speaker. You can nominate others. I would love to have a conversation that would be useful to the community. Definitely keep in touch. I am very responsive on my DM on LinkedIn. Um, and I also respond to emails. So thank you so much. Have a great day. And I'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.